Thank you for listening to the First Baptist Church podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcottawa.org. What do we see in the mirror? Or relating to the gospel text that was just read, who do we see in the the mirror? Do we see Mary or Martha? And by the way, as we're looking in the mirror, if there's a voice speaking back to us, and let's just suggest that it's the voice of Jesus, I don't know about you, but if I think about the story of the Good Samaritan and what we just read, we might be saying, wait a minute, which one is it, Lord? Do you want us to do something or just sit there and be with you? Which one is it? This week for Cynthia and I has kind of been a week of, of hanging out with friends, being at the dinner table with friends. We have had glorious occasion on three different occasions this week to be with friends. And in one of those, we sat around telling stories. That's what you do when you gather with people, right? You tell stories. And one of the stories Cynthia told is one that, well, it's a horse story and it's a real story. And when she got her first horse, Tops, Tops was kind of a rascal. Uh, he was, she, it was love at first sight for her, by the way. Tops was kind of, a, kind of a rascal, and he had a mind of his own. And it was early on, Cynthia was learning natural horsemanship, so that means there's just a bridle, just ropes around the horse's face, no, no, uh, I mean, no, no bit, no bit in the mouth, nothing in the mouth, and very natural, learning the horse's language. And I, not realizing how much of a rascal he was, and it was early in her having him, I said, how about you have him just go a little, you know, just trot a little bit. (laughs) Well, Topps had more go than woe. He had far more go than woe, and Cynthia hadn't quite mastered being in charge of Topps yet, as she would very quickly. And so he goes straight from walking, not to cantering, but full-on gallop, and he had a pretty good gallop. I don't know that he could have won the derby, but he was pretty serious. So he's going, and now he's not only just going, he's taking her to the only tree in the field, in a tree that has an overhanging branch. And Cynthia is beginning to do some serious reflection on what to do next. Is she going to have to do some emergency exit? Is it going to be, is she going to have to limbo backwards? She says, well, no, then my face will be exposed because he's heading full on, full speed to that branch. She did have a helmet on, thanks be to God. She also is quite limber, thanks be to God. She's also quick thinking, thanks be to God. And God must have been with her because she goes straight down forward as, as far as she can. The branch clips the back of her helmet and skins the back of her neck and she was okay. Now, on reflecting on that, Tops may have been a little like Martha in the story, like, what do you want me to do? Because she was pulling the reins as much as she could. She was pulling one, trying to do emergency exit. She was, I mean, emergency stop. She's trying to do all of those things, but as she reflected in her fear, she very likely was also digging her heels into his sides, which is saying go, while her other signals were woe. Well, Tops his false self, we'll get to that in a moment, his rascally self chose to hear the go signal rather than the woe signal and kept going. Which do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to stop and be still or do you want me to go and act? 
Do you want me to stop and pray or do you want me to go and solve the problems of the world and be an activist on the street and feed the hungry and do something to bring justice for the poor and, and pick an issue or four or five or eight or ten and be active? Or do you want me to just be still? Do you want me to be Mary or Martha? Do you want me to be the good Samaritan or Mary? What do you want me to do, Lord? And of course, if we don't have some guidance, we'll be a little like tops and we'll go running off everywhere, spin like a top, wear ourselves out, burn out, and crash and burn. Right? And we'll start out with a good heart and we'll start out with good, in good intentions and we'll find ourselves going and running full speed and we just may get knocked off the saddle rather than being able to duck our way out of danger. Which do you want me to do? Last week we talked about the good samaritan it seemed we had the problem solved what's this spiritual life about what's the way of following jesus about we seem to have had it all figured out because you know the lawyer comes and tests jesus what must i do to inherit eternal life to live the good life now the eternal life god's kind of life the the life of the age to come the life of the kingdom life the way it lay it's intended to be from creation and we've distorted it and jesus i mean what's it mean well, there, there's somebody in need on the road to Jericho, and the answer seems to be, be as busy as you can helping those in need. And then immediately following the story of the Good Samaritan, go and do likewise to cause all of us to open our eyes big and have our hearts wide open to every tender-hearted cause in the world, every heart cause that might be consistent with God's heart as well. We're going and scouring and we're looking, we're looking for wounded ones on the side of the road. We might even go so far as to be like Martin Luther King Jr. and start asking questions about the Jericho Road itself. If there's so many wounded people on the road to Jericho, Jericho at some point at what point do we start to ask how can we fix the road to Jericho so that there's no longer any wounded people there so we may go and act and do and advocate for justice and do acts of compassion and, and adapt causes and do all those kinds of things and Jesus said go and do likewise we, we got it right we got this thing all figured out and now this story Jesus goes to the home of his friends it's mealtime Mary and Martha. He knows Mary and Martha. Of course, their brother is Lazarus. Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Lazarus has got sisters. And sisters that apparently don't see things eye to eye. These are dear friends of Jesus. Jesus is coming by with his disciples. There's hospitality to be done. Hospitality was one of the most important spiritual values in the ancient Near East in the first century at the time of Jesus. We, we would do well to rediscover the act of giving and receiving hospitality. So there's a meal to be fixed. It's After all, it is Jesus who's causing quite a stir. It is Jesus who's a dear friend of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Jesus who's going to do some amazing things for Lazarus right in the gospel of john and it's jesus and his disciples they're on a mission so certainly a meal for them is a very important task right i mean right kathy i mean a meal for jesus and his disciples would certainly seem to be a very very important task so martha is the one who wants to change the world by doing martha is in the kitchen she's and it's not just because she's just doing that which she feels called to do she's gifted to do she's busy about many things Mary, well, Mary appears to be doing nothing. Hey, 
Mary appears to be doing absolutely nothing. She's sitting in the living room, if you will, with Jesus. She's at the feet of Jesus. She is taking the place of a disciple. To be at the feet of a rabbi would have meant she was taking the place of a disciple of the rabbi. Check one off for those who believe that women should be ordained and in ministry and deacons and or deaconesses and such, okay? She is in the position of a disciple of the rabbi. Is Mary celebrating her sister's deep spirituality, deep devotion to Jesus? No, Martha's concerned about many things. Martha is cooking the meal. Martha's carrying signs at a rally. Martha's feeding the poor. Martha is trying to be a part of the homeless coalition and figure out how people can't be homeless. You get where I'm going, right? Martha's doing many things. Is there anything wrong with what Martha is doing? Cooking the meal. Anything wrong at all? Nothing at all is wrong with what Martha is doing. It's just that Mary, according to Jesus, has chosen the better part. Why is that? What is going on here? We're back to the horse story. We're back to, do you want me to, you want me to woe or do you want me to go? <laughs> Which one is it? I think Jesus' answer is, so do you want me to go or do you want me to woe? His answer is yes. As so many things with Jesus, there's, there is mystery and there is tension and oh, there is sifting of motives. Sifting of motives. Mary is living in a, uh, Martha, excuse me, Martha is living in a world of a little bit what some of the mystics and contemplatives call the false self. The false self is what we want everybody else to see. The false self is, is, is what is hidden within ourselves rather than hidden with Christ and God. The false self seeks to control events and often to, to just, just have everything settled. The false self actually is an anxious self. The false self is, is concerned that if people really knew me, really knew me inside, they wouldn't like me or love me. The false self wants to has the illusion of being able to bracket off anxiety to break and yet the byproduct is more anxiety right the more we pretend the more anxious we are the more of a false image we project where the true self has nothing to possess nothing to protect nothing to prove the true self is so hidden with christ and god martha concerned about many things the false self nothing to protect nothing to possess nothing to prove wouldn't you like to live that way jesus seems to be digging in taking kind of a shovel and excavating the dirt of the motives of martha martha why are you doing this meal anyway martha what's it about are you doing what you should do ought to do shoulds and oughts will drive you batty okay I, one of one of the things that that i try to it's as a recovering perfectionist I'm not sure how many days or weeks or months or years or hours I've had of sobriety from perfectionism. As a recovering perfectionist, I, I, I seek to be with Jesus enough to where shoulds and oughts are banished from my existence. That's a hard journey. Mary seem, Martha, Martha seems to have a good dose of shoulds and oughts. She has a good dose of anxiety. She has a good dose of doing what she should do rather than what her inner self, her inner being is calling her to do. 
a good sign, a couple of good signs that our false self is operating when we're doing something. One is if we're seeking to control everything and maybe everybody. Notice how Martha asked Jesus to intervene in the conflict between her and her sister Mary. Lord, would you tell my sister to do something? She seeks to triangulate somebody else in her inner conflict because she's mad at her sister. I'm sure none of us would ever seek to get somebody else involved in our conflicts with someone. She seeks to triangulate her sister and to have Jesus help her control her sister. How interesting is that? She so when we seek to have, man, I just want to tell them what they need to be doing. And if I can't tell them, then I'll pray to God and ask God to tell them what they should be doing. That's one sign that we're operating from our false self. Another is when we are just really anxious. Or if we're doing things because we think we should or ought or out of our false self, we will find ourselves continually on the edge of burnout. We just want to throw our hands up. Well, if nobody's going to help me, if not even my sister will help me, there's all this work to be done, and I'm the only one. We sound a little like Elijah at the cave, right? We sound a little like Elijah. Lord, there's no, there, I'm the only one left. God humbles him and says, there's 7,000 who haven't bowed down to Baal. Now get up, I've got something for you to do. And then there's Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Many, many... Uh, Writers, thinkers, theologians see in Mary the life of the contemplative, the life of the mystic, one who's had an experience of God, an experience of the divine, and Mary is content to just sit with Jesus. Mary is chosen, according to Jesus, the better part. Does that mean that both things don't need to be done? Does that mean we forsake the wounded person on the side of the road so that we can go sit with Jesus? Or do we sit with Jesus so that we can take care of the wounded one on the side of the road from a pure and good heart? Mary's chosen the better part. She's chosen to be rooted so deeply in Jesus that her actions flow from life in Jesus. It's like Jesus saying, I am the vine and you are the branches apart from me. You have nothing apart from me. There is no life in you. If we are not plugged into the vine, our branches will wither and die. If we're not plugged into the vine that is Jesus, we will burn out. If we're not plugged into the vine that is Jesus, we will infect the world with the toxicity that's within ourselves. Prayer is not so much to change the world, but to change us. Even in our praying sometimes, how often do we pray a little like Martha? Huh? How often do we pray like Martha? Lord, I need you to do something. Lord, the world's a mess. Look, all those people out there. By the way, another sign of the false self being activated is, is when we are turning everything outward. Lord, take care of them. Lord, do something about them. Lord, the world out there. I got to tell you, if within churches... And among followers of Jesus, if I, if I hear one more time, the world out there. <laughs> I wonder how often what we see in the world out there is the unhealed, unsurrendered parts of our lives in here. I wonder how often what we see in the world out there is, is are places that we need to sit at the feet of Jesus with and allow Jesus to speak to us. Oh, are there things that need to be done in the world out there? 
Can I get an amen? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But are there things that need to be done in the life that's in here, starting with me? Can I get an amen? Yeah. Do you see why the gospel writers were inspired by the Holy Spirit to put the Good Samaritan and the story of Mary and Martha side by side? To be mirrors reflecting one upon the other. To teach us the delicate balance that only the Holy Spirit can give to being contemplative activists. To being those who are so rooted in God that we can't help but do something about injustice and suffering and brokenness in the world, but out of a place that is more rooted, more a vine that is attached, more a tree that's attached, a branch that's attached to the vine. We, we are connected to the deep, deep root of the love of Jesus. We are to be, as Henry Nouwen said, wounded healers. But we don't become wounded healers until we've sat for a while with the healer to take the edge off of our brokenness and suffering and our own woundedness, our own trauma. I mentioned a few weeks ago in a message that contemplative prayer, prayer without words, it seems in some ways that's what Mary's doing. She's listening to Jesus. That prayer without words is divine therapy, as Thomas Keating, Father Thomas Keating spoke of. Allowing the presence of Jesus in that peaceful place, maybe that you pictured, to just be with you. We're not giving him directions, we're just resting in his presence. We're not making demands, we're satisfied just being there with Jesus. We're not asking him to solve the problems by telling somebody else what to do. We are in his presence and in the silence. He is reminding us of some ways that we may need to change. Now, I don't think that everyone simply starts with silence before Jesus before they can go out and act. It's often in going out and acting that we recognize our need to come and be silent before Jesus to be in Jesus' presence, to re-anchor ourselves, to reroute ourselves in the right motivation and allowing Jesus to evoke the true self, the part of us that, that is eternally loved and hidden with Christ in God. Jim Wallace, in his book, Call to Conversion, many, written many, many years ago, spoke of worship and action. One could substitute contemplation and action. And he talked about the two doors through which people come to an, a more rich and authentic life with God. And he says of, of worship, said some people worship, and if the worship is authentic, it's going to push you out into the streets to go and do, to go on and, and act on behalf of others. For others, the, the way to authenticity is going to be starting with serving others, and then they're going to see if they're going to survive being of service in the brokenness and the trauma and the woundedness of the world, we better find our way back to worship or find our way back to the feet of Jesus. There is a very needed and delicate balance between the two. You know, like that tension I talked about in another message, contemplation, sitting at the feet of Jesus, going out and acting, imitating the Good Samaritan in the midst of the brokenness of life. Our opportunity today is to make sure that in going about and seeking to meet the needs of others, which, by the way, has been a theme of 
exhortation of preaching and teaching because that's what I find in the message of Jesus in the kingdom of God is we are called to go and serve the least of these. We are called to act on behalf of those who don't have the wherewithal to act on their own behalf. We're called to advocate for, for victims. We're called to, to be a healing presence in the midst of oppression and all kinds of suffering in the world. The kingdom of God is, is a march towards shalom where there's right relationships in the world and where everybody has opportunity, where we're all seen as beloved creations of a loving God. But if we go do that from the wrong place, we'll just inject a different kind of poison into the mess. We'll just inject a different kind of anger into the mess, and it won't be holy, righteous indignation. It'll be acting out of our own woundedness. So we're back to Mary and the need for prayer, and it's not so much that we need to pray more, but to pray differently at times, to seek presence. Hopefully just a one-minute exercise. And for some of you, that exercise at prayer time today may have felt like a really long time. That was silence for long. And for some, it's like, could we just continue to stay in that moment, in that place? So at the end of the Good Samaritan, Jesus says, go and do likewise. In the story of Mary and Martha, we don't read these words, but I believe him to say, go and do likewise, speaking of Mary. Are we the good Samaritan or Mary? Yes, both. Amen and amen. Let us pray. Eternal loving God, give us just awareness of your presence along life's way. And by the tenderness of your spirit, guide us to peaceful and quiet places with you. Teach us, even in the midst of a busy and anxious world, to slow down even if only for just a few moments, to be unhurried and non-anxious with you. Help us to root each day in the divine source of your eternal, never-ending love. May it wash over us like rain. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to the First Baptist Church podcast. We invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 9.30 in Ottawa, Kansas. You can find more information about our church at www.fbcottawa.org.